Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. In the humble town of Honfleur, Normandy, Eric Satie was born. At a young age, he fell in love with music and was taught how to play the piano, first by a local organist and then by his stepmother. When he was only 13 years old, she enrolled him in the Paris Conservatoire to turn his amateur studies into a professional career. He absolutely hated every last minute of his time spent there. The faculty described him as the laziest student in attendance and he was expelled three years after his admission. He went back to the conservatory in 1885, just three years after his expulsion, and received the same level of criticism as before. So he left to join the French army in November of 1886, and was discharged less than a year later. The older he got, the greater was his dislike for anything conventional. Almost everything he did was in opposition to both musical and societal norms. He wore only seven suits, all gray velvet corduroy. His final residence of 30 years was off-limits to everybody, save for the stray dog here or there. And he claimed to only eat food that was white. He had devoted his time to exploring minimalism, illogicality, and surrealism, striving to never compose the same thing twice. He was fascinated with time as a musical construct. When he was commissioned to compose a surrealistic, one-act ballet, he included cabaret and jazz tunes, and sound effects like typewriters, sirens, and pistols. The costumes were designed by his friend, Pablo Picasso, featuring the painter's classic Cubist style. Many of the dancers struggled to maneuver while wearing the boxy outfits. Nothing like this had ever been seen or heard before. Satie's avant-garde personality and approach to music was decades ahead of its time. In 1893, he composed one of the most unusual pieces of music ever. On paper, the score for Vexations is short, simple, underwhelming, but then you realize it's the exact opposite. It's incredibly long, highly technical in the sense of requiring great stamina, ambiguous when it comes to interpretation, and one of the most hauntingly beautiful scores you will hear. Satie's compositions were all but ignored until later in his life. Although his friends tried to help him gain the celebrity they believed he deserved, his work was mostly considered too out of the box. His temper and conceitedness didn't help either. He broke off relationships with his best of friends, including composers Claude Debussy and Maurice Ravel, just because he was jealous of their fame which he felt he deserved as much as they, if not more. Satie died in 1925, at the age of 59, his life and career marked by notoriety. Vexations remained unknown until the 1940s and unpublished until 1959. It's speculated that Satie never intended to publish it, an experiment he scrawled onto a sheet of paper and then tucked away to never be seen again or an ironic ditty written in mocking defiance of the highly popular and grandiose style of Richard Wagner. 
but 70 years after his moment of inspiration and composition, and 38 years after his death, the world premiere of Vexations was held at the Off-Broadway Pocket Theater on September 9, 1963. A team of pianists took their turns playing the piece for 18 hours and 40 minutes, because the composer indicated that, in order to play the short score from start to finish, it needed to be repeated 840 times. As Satie put it himself, it will be good to prepare beforehand and in the greatest silence. Satie's recommendation may have been a reasonable start. Whether to play or sit and listen to vexations in its entirety, the experience is a series of phantasmagorical events. I personally haven't endured a performance, but those who have generally agree over its audible hallucinogenic properties. In 1970, Australian pianist Peter Evans was attempting to perform it solo. He gave up after the 595th repeat, saying that he became consumed with evil thoughts and strange creatures were emerging from the sheet music. And pianist Nicholas Horvath, who has performed it solo many times, once said that pain starts past six hours, madness starts past 12 hours, hell starts past 20 hours. Everyone agrees, however, that when it's all over and you leave this hypnotic state, your senses are cleansed, hearing life with gratifying clarity. Surviving a performance may very well be one of, if not the only, purest examples of surrealism you can experience. The 1963 world premiere began at 6 p.m. and ended around lunchtime the following day. Only one in attendance made it to the very end, but many returned to hear the final recitation. The pianists were given a standing ovation, with one member of the audience shouting, Encore. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener.